Hi, and welcome back to the Mandarin Blueprint Podcast, episode 109. I'm just going to jump straight into the emails and comments we've got from you this week. I'm going to start with a really good one from uh, Hank. <clears throat> and it's not only good because he's quieting us, quiet just to, 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 to flatter, to, to uh, compliment. But it's also just really nicely well written. So I'll start off on a really positive note today. Uh, Hank says... Oh man, Luke and Phil, you guys are geniuses. And right then, I'm just like, okay, number one comment <laughs> in the podcast. Um, this program is so helpful. After five years of trying to teach myself Chinese, I have hundreds of characters sort of memorized in just over a month and can read most of this first paragraph. Uh, he's talking about a, um, a long form piece of content with no problem. Uh, it makes my brain buzz. What, this is the best bit, what ancient Chinese medicine practitioners and Taoist monks call the echoing valley between the halves of my brain is on fire and alive and growing. Isn't that just so well written? Uh, I'm 60 and I've never had this level of intellectual high, even when I studied differential equations and astrophysics. Thank you, thank you. That's just, that's just so nice, so well written. Um, and it's just an idea of uh, if you guys are just starting the course, uh, what you have to look forward to when you can start reading. It's just a wonderful thing. We've talked about it constantly, uh, not constantly, but we've talked about it many times in the podcast. Um, so well done, Hank. Congratulations. Um, and this is only just the beginning, by the way. Um, you have a lot, lot, uh, lot more fun to come. I've been doing this for years now, and I still... I still get a buzz, the same buzz that you're feeling right now, and just not as just not as intense, but it's still there. So well done, um, and uh, it's all because of your own effort. That's why you're getting there. Ah, oh, it's just great to to read that. Uh, and then I'd like to share a uh, comment from Christine from the community, um, and uh, she, this was actually this uh, issue that she's facing, which is what a lot of people face. Uh, Phil actually already answered in a video response really well, but I thought I would also uh, respond on the podcast because not only would Christine appreciate it, of course, but I think a lot of people have this same issue, not just with our course. In fact, it's actually less of an issue with our course, much less of an issue than with traditional methods. But people, always, no matter how they're studying Chinese, they tend to hit this sort of uh, phase. So let's go through it. She says, hi there. So I had also been cruising through the course and almost at the end of level 30. So that's it. There's only 57 levels in the course. So she's, she's I guess she's around halfway there. But uh, I have also reached a bit of a hiccup at the moment. I'm finding that I have a very poor recall of most of the stuff I learned in the past few levels from level 26 to 30. So that's, I don't know, maybe 70 characters, 50, uh, maybe 100 characters or so, if I remember correctly. Uh, I listen to the audio from the sentences and nothing is familiar. I also look at the sentences and I recognize that I should know what the character is, but I just can't recall it. That's an interesting word you use there, should. So I have almost made the decision, would like to have some comment feedback on this, to maybe stop for a bit after the end of level 30 to spend some time on just on reviewing the level 26 to 30 material and do a lot of reviews go through the longer texts and dialogues and generally just catch my breath before moving on. Then I might also move through the new material a bit slower as well in order to embed the material better. Or should I just power ahead and trust Anki to catch me up? 
I've been doing on average about 100 characters per month, which equates to between three and five per day on average. I would just like to point out as well, because of the way our course is structured, that's not just learning 100 characters per month. That's actually not that many. Um, she's also, you, you unlock more and more exponentially growing a number of words, uh, compound words, and of course, sentences and longer form content. And it the course becomes more and more uh, the content of the course becomes more and more the more characters you learn the foundation grows the more things you can unlock so actually it uh it's like a game uh, a good a well-designed game where it gets more and more difficult the levels get bigger it gets more challenging as you progress um so it's not just 100 characters it's also a bunch of other stuff too but one needs to keep all the vocab in mind as well there you go um, that adds to the workload and of course all the previous stuff as well that you need to remember just gets more and more as you go on any thoughts or opinions your the way the course is set up um we don't really like to give you too much breathing room <laughs> you know you you decide your own breathing room but if you just keep going with the course we're going to keep hitting you with new uh more challenging material constantly so the way the course is, the, the, the structure is kind of like this, just to remind people already on the course and for those that aren't. So basically you start off with just pronunciation and then you learn some components and you learn a few components that unlocks characters. You learn a few characters and then you start unlocking compound words made up of those characters and then you start reading sentences after you've built up enough of a foundation about 105 characters, 60 or 70 words, compound words and single character words. And then you start reading sentences. We start, we, we write them for you based on we know what we know you know, right? So, so you can read them, or at least, you know, you understand all the characters and words in them, most of them, but uh, still you're, you're now entering a new phase, a new level of the language. You're not just looking at individual pieces of information, you're taking in an entire sentence. And then comes grammar, of course, right? And you have to understand how the words behave. Uh, and then we start giving you grammar lessons, but also we start giving you longer form content, not just sentences, longer form content, paragraphs, dialogues, opinions. And then they, later on in phase five, it's stories. It's like entire nursery rhymes or fairy tales rather. Um, uh, so, but the key thing is whenever you start getting used to, start getting more competent at say, learning words and, and characters, then we throw sentences at you, right? So you can, you can certainly read them, you have a chance of reading a lot of them, but it's a new thing and it's gonna be challenging. And then a few levels later, you start to master sentences and we start introducing longer form content. Now, you're only about 90% comprehension for this longer form content, you know? Um, but uh, but we, we're gonna give it to you anyway because you can understand a lot of it and it's challenging, but it's, and it's a new level of, it's like paragraph context now. And then you start getting used to paragraphs and mastering sentences by this point, and then we start to um, throw you entire stories, right? So it's, it's designed to be challenging. Um, so that you're always, yes, you're, you're, you're never bored. You're try, we're trying to get you in that flow state. That's what we're aiming for. Now, you're, it looks like you're at the stage, Christine, because I've, I've seen you comment many times and you're, I've seen you comment very positively. Oh, I'm learning these characters and I'm, I'm reading these sentences. It's really cool. But now we've hit you with a new level of uh, stuff, which is uh, reading and things like that. I'm not, yeah, level 30, so you're way into the course now. Um, you're almost at the end of the foundation course, so you'll be seeing stories very soon. 
Uh, so what happens is, so you're getting, and of course this all comes with, it's not just watching videos, it's, it's all comes with flashcard decks that are completely different flashcard decks. Some, you know, it's not just characters and components and miss, filling the missing uh, blank, the, the filling the blank like closed delete sentences. It's also, you know, you're, you're shadowing entire things, you know, so um, you're, when you first take on a new phase, uh, you, your brain has to adjust you have to maybe even add it, rebuild your habit a little bit to take on and, and arrange your time so you can get through everything. But one thing I'll say is sounds like uh, what you started to do is what a lot of people do. I've done this before myself many times. You take on a bit too much more than you can handle, which is good because that gets you out of your comfort zone. And that means you, you're just like a muscle. You're, you're, you become able to handle more. But during that phase, you know, it's, it's outside your comfort zone. It's painful. Uh, and also what what you can do is end up uh, as you take on this new thing you end up letting go or you end up um, being blasé with your staple activity of learning characters so it sounds like because it's very unusual for you with the method the way the method is set up that you remember no characters that must mean of or at least poor very poor recall uh, when you say most of the stuff you learn I assume you mean characters as well um, the fact that you've been doing the characters for so long and then you've you, you don't remember hardly any of them from these levels that means you're not doing them right you're you're, you're maybe rushing a bit too much or you haven't quite uh you're not quite focusing and that's that's because you're trying to get everything done maybe you know which is, so and it's, with anki cards um i would say you know it i would say your idea your instinct is correct here as well your instinct to calm down slow down consolidate review a little bit more and another thing as well, if you get something wrong, don't just go wrong and then move on. Correct it in your mind. So if it's a character, a movie scene, why did you get it wrong? What did you get wrong? Was it you forgot the prop? You got the prop in the wrong place? You forgot the keyword? Did you forget everything? Or you need to remake the, the part of, you need to work on that part of your movie scene in your mind to improve that, right? Um, so that's one, uh, one way I would suggest. Also, um, but there's there's a few uh, add-ons you can get the uh let me just uh see if i can remember the name of this uh add-on one second so i just looked it up and the uh the the anki add-on if if your anki cards start getting too much for you um it's called the load balancer um so so you can maybe try installing that add-on um and that sort of it, if you have a build up of anki cards it can sort of uh, spread them out over a few days, which is, it seems like a really handy tool. I haven't used it personally yet, but I was on a big research kick uh, yesterday. I was l uh, researching a few videos I'm going to make for the course uh, and for YouTube and stuff. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, so overall, uh, Christine, this is completely normal. And uh, it's a phase that everyone goes through uh, several times, actually. No matter how good the content is, how well-structured the course is, you um, you have to sort of listen to your brain, as Phil said in your response video, you listen to your brain uh, and know when to consolidate and take a break and maybe take a week or two. But just make sure you don't get blasé during that week or two and you forget to get back on it as well. So maybe give yourself a, maybe schedule it. Maybe give yourself a fixed period of time where you work on it and then in a week's time, see how you do that. Um, see how you can recall the material differently. But it sounds like your instincts are, 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 are good. Your instincts are on point. Um, so other than that, I would say, yeah. And also one more thing about this is that, as, as Steve Kaufman said, 
you know, he often says that when you're going through this stage of uh, self-doubt, of uh, stress, of uh, uh, oh, I'm I'm forgetting things, uh, and I'm, I'm I'm I feel like I'm or maybe I'm stagnating or I'm not as good as I should be based on the effort I put. In. Or the, often, as long as you have good materials and you're working consistently, uh, it means you're about to have a breakthrough. So it's actually, <clears throat> and uh, I can attest to that pretty much from personal experience. Um, uh, yeah, so you got that to look forward to probably as well. <laughs> just push through it. It's like it's like hitting a wall while running. You've got to push through. So I hope that helped. Let me know. Let me know uh, in the forum or however how that goes, how things develop. So this next comment is from Alina, and it's something about leech cards. But I want to skip the first paragraph. I want to go straight to her question in the second paragraph here. She says. By the way, anyone has a special? Uh, does anyone have a special method to memorize words that your brain really refuses to memorize? One of the my leech cards. A, a leech, by the way, is a, a card uh, that you keep getting wrong, uh, and Anki will bury them for you. One of my leech cards is, for example, e way to think mistakenly. It is quite a long struggle. Sometimes it seems to remain in my brain, but after it disappears or appeared from the current Anki cards, when it appears again. I will surely give a wrong answer. The same situations happens to me for the word and also for the sentences that contain this word. Some of these words made of two characters are easy to remember if you know the components because the compound has some logic, but there are also some, I do not manage to get any logic in them being together. For example, uh, for some similar cases, I have about four and five, four, or four to five, sorry. I managed to make up some kind of silly sentence that helps me remember the meaning, but there are still a few like this, e way. Uh, which are continuous frustration for me. So when I come across a word that I really can't seem to memorize, um, I look at the word and I break it down into its characters first. And it's usually words like this uh, that are very ancient, um, been around for a long time, uh, and actually the meaning has kind of changed over a period. This used to mean, I believe, in a real way, it used to mean just, just to think. Um, but now it means to think mistakenly. Uh, if I'm uh, correct, if I'm wrong, anyone. But I think that's based on what I've seen, like TV shows from based on like old ancient China and stuff. I would look at the individual characters. So, e has a bunch of different meanings, uh, and the, the one I believe that we use is by means of. By means of. That's how we teach. That's that's, that's the key word that we teach the character e for. So by means of, so to do something by means of something else. Um, and then way, e way, let's have a look. With a second tone. To act as. Okay, so to act as or serve as. Or to do or to act, to become, to turn, uh, to become. Yeah, tongue way, uh, to become, right? So let's. So what I would do, I would pick a pick a try and think of a combination of one of those. So each character has about three different meanings each, depending on the context. So I would see if any of those can link up based on my own personal knowledge. So I'm my the one the knowledge. Sorry, the let's say that the definition of e that you're most familiar with is by means of. Um and uh, way. I think the one I'm most familiar with here, I guess the most common would be to become, like tongue way, I know that word very well. So so by means of to become. 
So then I would use those two meanings uh, to see if I can come up with some sort of visual representation of their relationship uh, with regard to the actual final keyword of this compound word, to think mistakenly. So then I would say something like that, and then that's how you come up with a mnemonic device. By the way, sometimes this doesn't work. Sometimes you, you go down a path of a connection, a mnemonic, and it just, you get, you sort of hit a dead end, you know. Um, so, but let's have a go live. I'll just try and do it. <laughs> see, it might be embarrassing if I don't do it properly, but no worries. If I can't, I'll just think of an another way. Um, so, and by the way, the reason why I'm, I'm sort of going down this road is because uh, I'm actually going to make one of the videos that I mentioned earlier that I'm going to make is how to learn words using different kinds of mnemonic techniques. So there's, there's lots of different ways you can make mnemonics. Uh, and if you're having a specific problem with a word, I suggest focusing more on the characters or the sound. E-way, E-way, E-way. Um, but we can, we'll move to the sound if the characters don't work for us. So, um, so e, by means of to become, and then the final word is mistaken, um, to think mistakenly. So then you, you take these three aspects and you think in your mind of a situation, a visual situation where these could apply in some way, right? So, um, oh, I thought that, um, you were going to use this by means of to become something else, but actually you didn't. Um, so you could say, I'm trying to think of an image that represents that. You could say, uh, uh, yeah, like this, this could work, I suppose. You could say, um, uh, that you can think of maybe someone is, uh, very highly qualified, but they actually became, uh, a, a, a profession that, or a job that doesn't need qualifications really. So I'm thinking of, <laughs> yes, yeah, I'm thinking of, uh, a student, <laughs> so I did uh, lots of, I did marketing in university, but uh, I didn't use any of the stuff I learned to do the marketing I do now for this company. It was most, I think a lot of people do that. They study something that's completely un, unrelated to what they actually end up doing. Uh, so I can imagine my dad or something just being like, you use this degree, uh, you know, by means of this degree, you became, you became, uh, I don't know, let's say a farmer, right? There's nothing wrong with being a farmer at all. In fact, I want to be one <laughs> one day, but you don't need a degree to do it, right? Necessarily. So I can imagine like a, a picture of someone in my mind uh, or myself even wearing like one of those, what do they call them? Something mortar boards, you know, those black sort of squares that mean that you, you're an academic or something, you graduated, farming, tilling in a field. And I would look for an image that represented that. So, so you don't usually have to spend this much time on words. Um, I'm actually pretty proud of that, by the way, I just like to say, <laughs> so off the top of my head, with pressure with the camera in front of me. Um, I'm pretty proud of myself for that. So, you know, and maybe, look, maybe I, I go to search for that and it's not there, I can't, but it's all about images. So the images in your head need to match up with the images in uh, in your flashcards, right? So I would try and look for something like that. Or if I can't, I look for two separate things. I look for a picture of a graduated person, an academic, uh, and then a farmer, right? And then I, I, I write down even a little note in that flashcard that's set that based on the mnemonic, because sometimes you'll forget, especially the more tenuous ones or the more confusing, convoluted ones, like I just said, you might forget it. So yeah, that's that's just an idea. And that's just based on the characters. Like there's other stuff you could do. Um, 
Iwei, Iwei. So you think of the sound. What does it sound like? Does it sound like another English word? Does part of it sound like an English word? Wei means it could, it could also be W-A-Y. Iwei. There's one way. Um, and you thought there was two ways, right? Because that's just that like, my brain is jumping now, right? So you have to sort of relax, just like you would when you're making your movie scenes, you know, to to use your imagination to make movies, right? You need to relax and just play with whatever ever thoughts come into your mind, uh, and don't reject anything. Just just follow the thread. And like I said, sometimes it will lead nowhere. It will just be, oh, that doesn't work, and then you just restart. And you, okay, so e way, e way, e means also one. That's that sound in Chinese, e. It's a different tone, but it doesn't matter. Uh, so one way. Um, okay, so then I get an image of like a guy, you know, my way or the highway. So I get, you thought that you could do this, but actually I didn't say you could. So I'm, I think of an image that represents that thought pattern. So I think of, um, huh, yeah, so I think of like a, a stern mother or father uh, sort of puffing out their chest and, and looking at, a, a, you know, maybe having a go at a kid, you know, just saying, punishing a child for some reason you thought you could i don't know you could eat those sweets when i told you you couldn't you know and then again write a little note and this and like i said you don't have to spend this much time on every word um but certainly for words that you keep forgetting especially words as common and important as e-way and i would also like to point out that took about 30 seconds and i came up maybe a minute and i came up with two pretty solid connections it might be weird to you it might not make any sense but i came up with them so that would work for me as a as a mnemonic device for this word pretty darn well uh, and again there's other ways uh, you can you can do it that's not just the characters it's not just the um, the sounds you can also just base it on the english meaning but again the biggest problem i keep saying again don't i the the problem with uh, that you're facing is that you keep forgetting this one. And I think you're, the reason why you're forgetting it is because the, the the characters themselves are rather difficult. They're ancient characters with many different meanings that are very abstract. So it's a good idea to focus on the characters or the sounds that the characters make. Um, so yeah, characters or sounds. Cool. So I think yeah that and you do have to spend some time uh, in it's, if you get good at it. Like I'm fairly experienced at it. It only takes a minute, um, but usually when you make these cards, if you're learning a normal word that you're not really having a problem with necessarily, it could take much less than that. Like Ten seconds. You just oh okay, and, but yeah, it only takes five minutes. But it's worth it because it's five minutes to learn one word that's really common and important forever. Like <laughs> you know, it's worth five minutes to spend on it. I wouldn't recommend spending a full five minutes on every word, but ones that you're forgetting, for sure, do that. Uh, yeah, I think that explains that fairly well. But um, let me know if, if that works for you, um, or if there's anything else, if you want, you want me to go into more detail about anything. Uh, the video that I keep mentioning, uh, the, the, the video on how to learn words, um, I'm aiming to get all, uh, several videos shot this week, so a mm, couple of weeks from now. Uh, should have everything because obviously need to edit it and stuff. Uh, and I will add it to the course and I'll make a little uh, notification for you guys as well in the community so you can uh, check that out when it when it's released. The next comment here is from Rick Santos. He says, uh, thank you for your answers. The system, this system is really better than going to university. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's way better and it's way cheaper as well. Uh, I, I, universities... So I couldn't. I certainly couldn't say university is bad for learning everything. I don't, you know, I've only learned one thing in university. Two, actually, Chinese and marketing. It was terrible for learning marketing. 
I learned so much more just starting a business and trying to market it in you know a few months than I did in three years. <laughs> um, but then again, I did get a two two, so that's probably it's <laughs> probably why. Um, yeah, thanks, Rick. Appreciate it, mate. And I agree. Uh, next is Nacho uh, on bien, uh, which means to change. And he says, Yes, I like, first of all, Nacho, well done for asking questions in Chinese. That's awesome. bien. Uh, so bien and bianhua, he's asking, are they the same? And bien uh, is a verb, usually. So you say uh, something like, uh, Right, so that you cannot change this. Uh, whereas bianhua is just changes, like the noun version, basically, um, for the most part. So that's the only difference. So your meal bianhua. So has this changed? Or has it has this had had any change rather? Um, yeah. So gai bian is a verb. Bianhua is a noun. It's pretty much it. Uh, Jason Pon on new vocabulary unlock for zhihao. He says, any difference between... Ah, oh, so there's another difference question. It says, uh, as an adverb, and day as a verb, expressing have to. and day. They are similar, but uh, is used in a very specific situation. is the idea of, I have no other choice now, I have to do this. Um, and that's sort of the... It's, it's very unique meaning, I suppose. What like so because my other situation, my other, you know, my other uh, options were taken away for some reason, I'm forced to do this, okay, by outside forces, I suppose. Um, whereas day can kind of mean that, but it also means it's, it could be like I must, uh, I must do this. I have an obligation to do this. Uh, it's not like I'm being forced to, but I have an obligation. So I must or I need to do this and it can also be used uh, as, as a you know you're being um, sort of subjected to something by someone else like must um, before you do this uh, you have to first fill in this form need day fill in this form um, but uh, yeah so you'll definitely use day much more often because it applies to more situations uh, but zhihao is still absolutely fine to use in that situation of no other choice now I have to do this yeah and the next question here is also another one of these. Uh, what's the difference between these words? And I quite like them. They're kind of like a little puzzle. Um, and it's, it's cool once you've uh, been learning Chinese for a while to think consciously about what the difference between similar words are. Um, because this, I remember this being like a real annoyance for me when I was first starting out. It's like, what? Because I wasn't learning correctly. I was learning by looking at individual words and their definitions instead of just reading and listening to example sentences or longer form content. Um, so I would find myself, oh, what is, these two words have the same definition. So why? Why can't they just have one? And it's very silly to think like that. But, you know. um, but then later on, it's like, well, yeah, obviously, this is this and this is this. And I have a sense of it now. And you guys learn on the course uh, and learning Chinese, you'll, you'll also get that sense. You probably already do have a sense for a lot of words at this point. Um, anyway, I, I, it's, it's, quite, it's quite fun. Uh, it's a bit, oh, actually, yeah, the difference is blah, blah, blah. But I've never thought about it before. I just knew subconsciously. So uh, this is an example from Rick. It's an interesting question. He says, because uh, this is on 生活, uh, which means uh, life, right? Or to, to live, rather. Uh, to live life. And uh, he asks, how does 生活 compare with 过日子 and 住 in meaning? 
And without even skipping a beat, I just I looked at it and said, well, Zhu is the most mechanical of the three. It's just no emotion. I live in Chengdu. I live in England. I live with John or Mary, right? That's what happens. And it's like sort of imagine filling out a form, <laughs> you know, like a uh, just to tell, tell some authority where you live. That's what Zhu is. It's just a fact. Whereas Shenghuo, uh, it's kind of more like I live in Chengdu but I'm living in Ch I live life you know I'm, 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 uh, I go to the shops I, I, I have hobbies I have a job I have a wife and kids and I, I'm Shenghuoing in uh, uh, you know it's, uh, in, in, or I Shenghuo I in the countryside um, it's it's talking about the style, the lifestyle in a way, right? Whereas Guoruzi is, I guess, the most emotional one of the three, the most evocative emotionally. To Guoruzi, so uh, is to do what we're here to do. Uh, essentially, you know, Guoruzi, ha ha Guoruzi is a very common thing. It's like to 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 live your life well, ha 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 which means well, to do something properly. Um, so in order to you need to have a good relationship with your spouse, you need to have money in the bank, uh, you need to have, uh, you know, you need to be happy, essentially, have children and stuff like this is like the sort of traditional, uh, you know, what I mean, like a traditional sort of uh, way of thinking in China, of course. Um, uh, yeah, so that's how, that's how I, that's the feeling I get from it. I may be slightly mistaken in some areas of what I said, but that's just the impression I got from years of reading and listening and, and chatting to Chinese people. Um, if anyone ha else has like a different idea about the differences between those words, please let me know. Um, but yeah, I, th I think I'm, I'm pretty much on point with that. Uh, so thanks for that question, Rick. Um, and you know, keep them coming guys. I, quite, I, quite, I do quite enjoy them. Next one here is from Sam. Uh, and he just says, uh, on, uh, sorry, this is on a question uh, in the, I believe, the pronunciation course. Um, what's your Chinese level? And he says, I'd say that my Chinese level is somewhere in between basic to intermediate. After learning it for, for around three years at high school, I feel quite comfortable instantly recognizing what certain characters mean and how they are depicted in script. Unfortunately, I didn't use any advanced memory techniques during school. No, of course not. Uh, neither no one does <laughs> really uh, and instead committed characters to memory through brute force rote learning lovely stuff uh, anyway I'm hoping to pick up from where I left off high school is becoming gradually distant and I intend to relearn Chinese using your method which is far more comprehensive and reliable and effective well thank you very much Sam and yeah you're gonna have a much better time um, and by the time you're through with our course, you'll look back and think, what was I doing for those three years in high school? <laughs> you know, what were they thinking? Uh, so yeah, uh, keep us updated. Well done, mate. Uh, the next one is Karis Scott, uh, simple final A. This is again, pronunciation mastery course. Uh, oh yeah, so Luke, can I check that ta is pronounced ta-ha, but with a very silent and short H as its focus is on the final A sound. Is that right? Well, kind of yes and no. Yes, because, yeah, that's what it sounds like. Ta is like a kh in there. But, yeah, but you don't need to think about it like that. It's just about, you know, you just breathe a little bit more. Ta, ta, it's, 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 it's too light to be an H, really, but I, I, I get where you're going. 
I get what you guys in that's it could be an actually it could be a very valid way to explain that to people that's clearer than maybe that's actually clearer than saying oh just aspirate more just breathe more that's how I explained that I believe in the course uh, but maybe it's easier just to spell it t-h-a-h and yeah yeah so different way of explaining it than I got but that, that works for me Karis absolutely uh, Nacho again on uh, level 26 complete he says I just want to say to this is really nice actually uh, I want to say to all the people who arrived here you are breathtaking I've never been called breathtaking taking before it must be nice you're all doing an incredible job day to day step by step I don't know you but I'm proud that you reached to this final uh, to re reach to finish this level yeah okay so well done mate uh, thanks for that Nacho very positive member of the Mandarin Blueprint community. Uh, and I've noticed that happening actually every now and then. I do notice someone goes back to old lessons and leaves a comment. It's like, wow, it's great to be back here after reaching level 30 or 40 or 50 or finishing the entire curriculum and coming back and rereading this lesson or rewatching this video uh, or giving words of encouragement to other people there or advice. It's, it's fantastic. Please do that. Uh, if you have the time or inclination, go ahead and give us a, you know, help out some people. Well done. Uh, the next one is uh, Benjamin on Gambate, which means cheers, dry glass. Ah, this is a great question. I know that this is beyond the scope of this course, but do you guys have any advice on how to avoid drinking at business dinners in China? I've actually never really done much business. I've had a few business meetings, I suppose, but nothing too major. But my friend Scott, who's been on the podcast before, is the businessman. He's like, he has like several businesses in China uh, and uh, fantastic Chinese. And of course, more importantly, really, or just as important is he understands Chinese people in all sorts of different environments. I would be not very useful in a business environment but he uh, I believe that uh, we are we asked Phil I'm sorry we asked Scott and he said uh, the best um, answer is I'm allergic to alcohol because that's actually a really common thing in China it's not very common but it's just uh, it's just a thing with uh, sort of it's just you know people can go red here when they have alcohol it's a very sort of common thing to be actually allergic to alcohol um, so you can say mean Guomin is uh, overly sensitive. That's the that's the compound word. Guomin, overly sensitive, which means allergic. like to face, basically. Um, that's that. And you don't have to say anything else after that because people do not. <laughs> people before though. Um, I actually asked another friend of mine who's also a Chinese guy, um, and he's done a lot of business um, in China, <clears throat> and he said something similar. But he also added, um, you can also say, what's I tree up? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm having some sort of medicine. And you don't obviously have to say what kind of medicine, but you just say, I'm having, I'm eating medicine, I'm taking medicine right now, and I can't drink alcohol. So that's like conversation over. You don't need to worry about drinking anymore. But he also added that he said that nowadays, in the modern age of China, it's nowhere near what it was like 30 years ago. Um, dealing with business people 20 years ago, even 10 years ago, um, people would just be like, what do you mean? Just drink. <laughs> you know, it would just be, it's an absolutely essential part. And in like the, I, I imagine, um, I would assume that in 
outside the cities in like the more rural areas of China, the countryside, sort of smaller towns and cities, um, which are still way bigger than any city in England, <laughs> but you know what I mean, relative to China's Chinese places to live, um, it would still be a bit more challenging. People wouldn't really get it. Um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, that, that. Those are your two options that will work. You know, eighty percent of the time, they work every time. So, so yeah. Alex Sumray on vo new vocab unlocked for uh, Lu, which means law. Uh, he says Jiu is freaking me out. Why would someone? Why would this mean ten percent off? <laughs> Yeah, it's a bit weird. Uh, so we say 10% off, but uh, Chinese say 90% off, kind of. like, like So they say 9% or 8% which means 80%. So that actually means 20% off, but it, they, they communicate the opposite. They say 80% of the original price. Yeah. Uh, but you get used to it pretty quick. Don't, get, don't freak out over it. <laughs> Uh, next one is uh, Red Louise Bick on Dianyang. Uh, this is another pronunciation mastery lesson. Uh, and she says, quick question. Maybe a stupid one, but why is the first tone over the I in Jintian, but over the A in Mingtian, just like this in this vid? The Tian part, I, I mean, is there a rule? Cheers. Um, yeah, so not stupid at all because the placement of the tone marker is over the longest vowel in the word so actually so if you look at jin tian just that word you'll see the example so jin j i n actually there's only one <laughs> there's only one vowel so it has to go over the i um but then in tian the second part of the word it's over the a tian which is the a is longer that's what i was told and i have sort of thought about it and it does make sense uh, or I read that somewhere rather, but um, uh, that's that's essentially the the reason for that. Um, next is by is from Julie. She says, <laughs> she says, what uh, just quoting something. She says, pang, I'm not fat. pang, he is also not fat. pang. So, but you are fat. All right. So she she asks, how do I emphasize that ni ni are in fact very fat. Uh, well, you would. I don't know, the answer is just like you would in English. You just emphasize the word. They do have that in Chinese. I know they have tones, but that doesn't mean there's not also they use tones for intonation as well, like we do. Uh, you can emphasize by extending the length of certain pronunciations. So, for example, here I would say, So just extend that. Uh, and you know, be louder and stuff like that. Uh, or you could say "chaoji pang," you know, super fat or "feichang pang" or whatever. But yeah, that's the intonation does exist in Chinese, which is something you don't really. It's like one of those uh, myths about the language where you, you think it doesn't exist because it has the tones are being used for the tones to indicate the meaning of words. But actually, yeah, it's also used in intonation too. Another question from Judy: She says, "What's the difference between tu and di and tu di?" Seems like the meaning is the same in English translations. And this is the problem with looking, trying to find out what a word means by looking at a definition. You must read, or if you can, you know, if you're at that level, 
you should read uh, a couple of example sentences. That's the only way you can really truly grasp it. Another cool way is by searching on Google Images. Uh, I got this idea way back from uh, Gabriel Weiner, Fluent Forever. And uh, so if you search for tool, you'll see lots of pictures of soil. That's what tool is, is soil. If you search for tool D, you'll see maybe, um, actually I haven't, I haven't checked, but I assume, sorry, uh, D, sorry. So if you, if you search for D, uh, D is just ground, you know, so you might see, a, you know, just concrete floor perhaps, something like that. D, it's a D shang. On the, on the floor, on the ground. Uh, whereas tu di is territory or land. You know, so very different. Um, this is more, you know, tu and the di are more granular when you look at them individually. So that's what, those are the two things I would suggest. If, you have, if you're confused between similar words, uh, look them up in a dictionary. If you can't really read or you're not that level where you can read any sentences or you struggle, just look at images with search for the Chinese, of course. Uh, Fung, uh, on again, that same uh, level from earlier, or that same lesson, what's your Chinese level? Uh, I think I'm a beginner, although I understand some spoken Chinese, I'm not able to hold a conversation properly. My primary aim is to be able to do that with the younger members of my family. There's four generations. To be able to read and write would be wonderful. This is a new way of learning, and I'm slowly getting there. Well done, Fung. And um, yeah, you, uh, yeah. If you if you want to read and write, you've came to the you came to the right place. Uh, and of course, after that, with enough practice, your speaking and of course your listening will also start improving. But don't don't put it off too long. Of course, we focus on uh, reading and listening, but don't put the speaking practice off too long. Maybe after you finish the pronunciation, the foundation course, start start regularly uh, chatting with the tutor for once or twice a week. Uh, William Beeman just asked, is chou chou really, does it really mean stinky? So chou by itself means smelly, stinky, but chou chou is really stinky. Does it, is it, does it mean stinky too? And then the answer is yes, it does. Tell you how chou chou, you could say it, but it's like, it's like uh, when you double up, when you see things double up, it's usually to make things casual or sort of more kiddie, like playing around sort of language. Um, it also actually is, okay, I'm learning a lot of words, this kind of kiddie language, uh, have, you know, having a new baby and stuff. And uh, when a baby poops, the poop itself is referred to as cho-cho. Oh, you've, you've taken a poop, but it's like a baby poop. So it's, we give it a cute name or la baba, la baba. Baba is not as in father. It sounds very similar to poop as well. So that's just another word that they use. Maybe that's, I don't, I'm not sure if that, I honestly don't know if that's Sichuanese uh, or if it's standard Mandarin, but I'm pretty sure it's standard Mandarin, that baba. But it's baba. Yeah, baba, third tone, I believe. I've only heard it, I haven't looked it up. It's not really on my radar. <laughs> so, but uh, the next one here is from, uh, I've got a couple more comments. Uh, and actually, no movies this week, but that's no problem. We'll just, we'll just read these last comments and we'll call it a day. Next question here is from Hollywood Eddie, which is a fantastic name. And he says, I'm dyslexic with ADHD that has been trying to learn for the past five years. I did one and a half years of cl a classroom course. I, I assume you, mean, you missed out the word years, but I think you mean years, not classes, because that wouldn't be very many, right? Uh, one and a half years of classroom courses in Shanghai. Due to my laziness and distractions, I didn't learn much. 
I tried learning on my own and tutored by Chinese friends, but nothing stuck. So I, I would say I am a beginning or intermediate. First of all, you are incredibly harsh on yourself, Hollywood Eddie. Um, and this is what so many people go through the same thing. And this is why I have such a uh, an aversion and I say some pretty harsh stuff about the traditional methods quite often uh, because not it's not just that they don't work and they actually are the opposite way we should learn languages you know textbooks purely speaking trying to read without learning characters it's just absolute nonsense not only is it ineffective and expensive and time-consuming and a waste of time in a lot of ways not 100% but also because it's like the mainstream way to learn, people learn in this way and they get nowhere or they get very little progress and then they blame themselves and then they quit language learning and take up something else, guitar or something. And they think they're stupid or they're bad at languages or some other nonsense. And uh, it really frustrates me because this happened to me and it happened to Phil too. Um, but yeah, it's... I'm not saying, of course, you are a huge factor, Eddie, but um, it's the the vast majority of your progress comes from what materials you're using, how motivating or knowledgeable about language learning your tutor is, or teacher, or coach, um, and uh, the system. And of course, then once you have great methods, then it comes down to you to build a habit and and things like that. But it's it's really difficult to build a solid, consistent habit on methods that don't work. So, I would say mostly blame your materials. Um, but yeah, welcome, and uh, this is the beginning of your journey with us. Uh, keep us updated, um, and also you know any issues with the dyslexia and things like that. I mean, if there's any parts of the course we could make clearer for you, or if you need an explanation, just comment or email us. Um, last here we have Christopher Thompson and he says, oh, this is on, oh, this is an interesting one. So, um, new vocabulary not for xiaojie. Several sources I've encountered have suggested that although xiaojie generally refers to a young woman and was traditionally an acceptable form of address for a young female and especially a, young, a stranger, the term has come to have the connotation, particularly in mainland China, of prostitute and should thus be avoided or, at the very least, used with caution. What's the situation with this term? Well, just stick to this rule. Um, do not call someone just xiaojie. Hey, xiaojie. Xiaojie, don't go up to a young lady and say that ever, just to be safe, <laughs> okay? There might be some parts of China where it's completely normal, but just don't take the risk, because it, it does mean prostitute. Um, but... Of course, if an unmarried woman, you're referring to her by her her last name, uh, Wang Xiaojie, that's absolutely fine. Miss Wang. Yeah, Wang Xiaojie or um, uh, Peng Xiaojie or whatever it is. Uh, that's absolutely reasonable. Okay, so that's just the rule that I personally stick to. Um, you can ask around wherever you live if that's over. It's not really worth the trouble. Just don't just don't risk it. Uh, okay, so that's that, that pretty much covers that one. Okay, so that's about it for today. Uh, thanks very much for all of your uh, great comments, uh, great questions. Please keep them coming as usual. Uh, and, uh, you know, jiao, keep up the progress uh, for those of you that are on the course. And if you're not on the course and you've listened this far, go ahead and start your free trial. All right, so I will see you guys in the... Oh, one thing actually I will say, 
I completely forgot, <laughs> is that I will be moving. Um, uh, I originally said I was going to move to England, but uh, we're postponing that a little bit. I'm going to move to Dali. And it's in Yunnan province, which is a beautiful province, maybe the most beautiful province or place to live in China. It's got the best weather. Uh, it's got and Dali itself has a great community um, of both local uh, and also just people from around China and international. So we're going to move there for the next question mark until we feel like moving on. Um, so uh, it's, I highly recommend if any of you get the chance uh, to you know visit China. Yunnan is the place to go. Uh, I just wanted to get out of the city myself, you know, for for a while. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, so that's that's just an update there. So I may not be available for the next couple, like in two weeks' time when I do my next podcast. That might be I might be doing it from Dali, uh, but I might I might just skip it altogether. So Phil might do a couple of weeks in a row. Um, because I might not have all the equipment there and things like that. So that's just to let you, let you guys know that. Also, one more thing. Um, a little while ago, we made the uh, sort of ebook, Mastering Mandarin in the Modern World. We made it free uh, for a couple of weeks back, and it's available on the website for you guys. Uh, so go ahead and check that out under the resources section. We just set it for five bucks. We thought, nah, we'll just do it for free because uh, it's, it's good content and most of the chapters are available on our blog as blog posts anyway so but if you want a nicely packaged nice little well, it's not very little actually it's almost 200 pages a nice ebook with lots of uh, cool little tips in there go ahead and download that from our website all right so thanks very much guys i will see you hopefully in a couple of weeks Bye bye